The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, season 19, episode number 26. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, today we're going to get into more talk. Cowboys versus Giants. That's coming up Sunday night, Sunday night football. We'll talk about the Giants defense today. I'm sorry, we talk about the Giants offense today versus yes. the Cowboys defense. Before we do that, though, got to get some updates on some injuries. We've got three that we're keeping an eye on. One that actually has some good news, not necessarily about the injury per se, but just uh, some personal news it sounded yeah. like for Mr. Donovan Wilson. Donovan Wilson, uh, he he's missing practice today for what Mike McCarthy called a great personal reason. And as it turns out, Dono is the latest Dallas Cowboy to welcome a newborn into his family. So that makes three since room, July. Man. So it was Tony Pollard uh, early in training camp, Cavante Turpin, and now Donovan Wilson. And McCarthy said uh, he told the guys, if there's something something in the water, let me know. Yeah, right. So yeah, Keep that water away from me. So, mm. My household. <laughs> so congratulations. You might have just jinxed yourself. So congratulations. Nah, bro. To the, <laughs> done with that. <laughs> God's plan. So uh, <laughs> Donovan Wilson, um, so no change in his status as far as availability um, or potentially lack thereof against the Giants. We still don't know anything more than we did yesterday uh, other than he's doing work on the cords. But um, he'll have a chance to do some more work tomorrow. Not, not a practice tomorrow, but do some work. And then the walkthrough on Saturday, which is, I think, really when they'll make a determination on him. Um, some more positive news on Tyler Smith, mm. although he is not still not participating in today's practice, today being Thursday. Mike McCarthy basically uh, affirmed what I said on yesterday's show. What my plan would be would be to sit out Tyler Smith all this week, give him the walkthrough on Saturday, and then say, hey, see you Sunday night. Uh, Mike McCarthy this morning said that all Tyler Smith needs to have a, a good shot at playing on Sunday is to participate in the walkthrough on Saturday. So, um it looks like that bar is really low for Tyler Smith, which is good. He said Tyler told him that he feels great. He's feeling good with that hamstring strain. So really good chance that Tyler Smith takes the field. Sam Williams with the turf toe, um, still with the rehab group today on Thursday. But he did more work today than he did on yesterday. So uh, I'm still right there with Broadus on – I'm pessimistic on if Sam takes the field on Sunday, but it does look like he's at least making some progress. So that's what's going on on the injury front. I will say, key to note, Jordan Lewis was a full participant in yesterday's practice. So as he returns from his uh, his list rank injury, which was actually worse than that, uh, he is practicing fully in his second week back from the pup list. Uh, he says he feels good. I talked to him in the locker room yesterday. I asked him straight up. I said, hey, are they are they ramping you up in practice? Uh, and he said, quote, unquote, hell no. Uh, <laughs> he said, Mike told him I want to throw you in the, into the fire. So he said he was being lined up against Lamb, Cooks, Gallup yesterday. Yeah. So expect more of that today. So good look for Jordan Lewis going into Sunday's uh, matchup against the Giants. Yeah, it's going to come down to the wire, I think, on Tyler Smith. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to I, – I anticipate him being with Britt Brown all week until Saturday, and then they're going to figure it out from there. I don't – and uh, Adoga 
Kaminga, uh, you know, we talked about veteran options. He seems like the guy that they would probably put in there at left guard uh, to to be. But uh, I would I would anticipate the next couple of days they're really trying to figure out Tyler Smith's injury. And so you know, Britt does a good job of you know getting those guys ready. Uh, you know, he, he could talk about feeling great and feeling healthy and all that, but the termination is going to come from that trainer in that, you know, if, how the, if he's ready to go, much like it is with Sam Williams as well. You know, if he goes out there and works out and just doesn't feel right or it doesn't look right or he can't push off, they're, they're not going to put a hurt player out there. They just don't do that. So um, I do think it's going to be close on, uh, on Tyler Smith. And, uh, you know, uh, again, that's just talking to some folks in the organization. Yeah. Just uh, a little bit scary because sometimes when situations like that happen where you're literally waiting down to the wire, and let's say this in this instance what happened Saturday with him in the walkthrough and pregame warm-ups and all that, mm-hmm. it makes you wonder, too, is it better to just, given that it's the first week of the season, is it better to just be super extra precautionary and take precaution and just letting him rest for a whole week in case he re-injures himself yeah. or whatever because we're starting and we haven't played a single game yet and you do want him healthy all throughout the season. I think that's a good point. Um, I mean, not not that I think it's a good point. It is a good point. What I would also add to that, though, is to your point as far as They'll work him out with the Saturday walkthrough. You got the pregame, and then they'll ask him how he feels after the yeah. pregame. And then if he's a game-time decision, that's how they'll make that decision. But, you know, that precaution could also be lend itself to them allowing him to start if Saturday's walkthrough looks good, mm-hmm. pregame looks good. Let him start. And then after a couple of reps, you pull him to the side and say, hey, how are you feeling? Mm. And then you have that contingency plan, be it Edogo or Bass or whomever else, Brock Hoffman, maybe some awesome Richards. But I think that's a measure as well because I do think you have to at least give – if he feels good enough, give him the chance to line up against this New York Giants defensive front because you're going to need it, uh, knowing that while every game is important, statistically uh, speaking, this game is more important than week two against the New York Jets. So if you're going to have to be without him, you'd rather it be against the Jets than against New York just by way of the division race, right? So if you're going to um, be a little less than 100%, yeah, you want to defeat Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but you know, potentially losing to the Jets is not as bad as losing to the Giants, especially in week one when you have all this hype coming into the season. I, I, you know what, I disagree with you on that one because I, I feel like, though, there's only 17 of these games, you know, and so – you know, always they always ask you to like, is this a must win? Hell, they're all must win. You mm-hmm. only play seventeen of them. You know, this isn't Major League Baseball where you play one hundred sixty two or NBA where you play eighty two. You know, this is you have to think about. And I, if 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 there's questions about him potentially hurting himself, you know, I get it. You, you've started Adoga. He's practiced all week. Fine. If something happens, I wouldn't play him on the on the. Hey, how do you feel? Bit. I would say either you're going to play this game or you're not going to play this game, you know. But yeah, I, I kind of feel like though, you know, I, I'm not playing with that. You know, we're going to rotate guys here that way. I'm either I'm either going to go with the guy that practiced all week or the guy like if if we determine that Tyler Smith is healthy enough to go full full game and not have any problems, then that's who I'm going to roll with. I'm more like with Ambar though. I know. I, I, to me, if 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 my guy is somewhat questionable or limited, it happens late in the year where guys are really mm. banged up, and you get to that point. But right now, if he's not healthy enough to go 
and, and give me confidence so he can go the whole game. I lived that in a game at the Meadowlands before with Amari Cooper going five plays against the Jets, Jets. and then not playing the rest of the game. So I'm not going to do that again for sure. Well, I think my point is is you're going to – if he feels good in Saturday walkthrough and he passes the pregame physical and everything – Then he's good enough to go. Then he's good enough to go. Yeah. But with that being said, you're still playing a guy that didn't practice all week anyway. So, yeah, that's that's the thing that they you know that's that's their rule. I mean, there used to be a, a previous administration used to be here where if you didn't practice, you really didn't play. Right. You know, if that's if that's Mike McCarthy's way of doing, it, and that's you know okay, but determined that if he is good enough that he is not going to get injured and we're going to lose him for the Jets and two or three other games down the road. Right. I, I'm determined. Oh, no, if we're talking two or three games, then no, you sit him for week one. But well, that's what I'm saying. If you could get into a game and all of a sudden a strain turns into a pull or something worse, then you know I, I think that to me that's prevent. I'm more with Ambar. This you've got a Doga ready all week. Play him if he's ready. I mean, play him because he's practiced. But if if Tyler Smith is if they determine on Saturday that it's not that he's moving around and he can't and he's going to make shut him down. Then yeah, shut I'm, him completely I'm down. Yeah. yeah, I'm there with that. Yeah, it's interesting you say that. Said it's only 17 games. It reminds me of what uh, Parcells used to say. Yeah. It's football season. In football season, football players play football. Yeah, there's not, there's not like honestly, and, they, yeah. and I think yeah. the players look at it like that. Like there's only 17 yeah. chances you get opportunities. Yeah, and uh, and they want to be out. Which there. Which is why Tyler wants to that's be exactly. out there. They want to be out that's there. That's the tricky so thing. It's like you don't want to bubble wrap anybody because that's the whole point of what you work right. for the whole year. But at the same time, you got to be precautionary and you you play the balance game if, if he yeah, he wants to go tricky. if he's good to go at least good enough to go because football players play football then he looks good pregame you put him in and then after you know the first offensive drive you do pull him to the side and say how you feeling any soreness any tightness and if he says no okay then you're playing the rest of this game if he says uh, it's tightening up a little bit okay well now it's a conversation that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on real quick. I wanted to get to uh, one bigger question around the defense before we get into the actual assessment of the defense versus the Giants' offense. Looking back at last season, they were I would say probably among the top. Uh, you could say probably realistic top seven, eight defenses in the league. You might even say a little higher. Uh, but that being said, if there was one thing going into this year that you'd say this de- this defense needs to be much better at this, and it'll take them to that next level. Are you talking about well, the Cowboys or the Cowboys Giants? Defense. Cowboys defense. I was about defense. to say the Giants don't turn; they don't get any turnovers. No, yeah, I'm talking so about Cowboys. A, yeah, if you're a Cowboys Giants defense. fan, you want them to turn the ball, yeah. which they're absolutely horrible at doing. Looking at the Cowboys yeah. defense yeah. as a whole, going back to last season, what's that one thing you'd want them to be better at? It's got to be run defense, uh, I, and I think it. But were they really? Well, it, it improved. Okay, it, it improved markedly when you it made did. the trade for Jonathan Hankins. Yeah. It absolutely did. You also saw what happened when Jonathan Hankins was out for a couple games with injury. It kind of took a step down again. Um, but I think that can be bolstered with the addition of Mozzie Smith. And I'm right there with Brian on. You need to unleash Mozzie as much as possible. Yeah. Let him get them Don't reps. stand in his way. Um, 100% agree. But I think that while it has improved with Jonathan Hankins and theoretically should improve that much more so with Mozzie Smith, until you see that run defense for the Cowboys consistently week in, week out, for the majority, if not the entirety of a season, quell any concerns that you've had over the past several years, that's going to continue to be kind of like the crux of the defense. They can take the ball away. In the air, they can take the ball away on the ground. They can force fumbles just like they can get interceptions. Their pass rush is arguably one of, if not the best in the league, when you put it up against the Eagles and the 49ers. So the the weak spot 
if you're not talking about depth like linebacker. The weak spot for me, albeit not a weak spot anymore, just needs the consistency to prove to me that they can stop the run on top of everything else. And once they do away with that question mark, it's an an impenetrable defense at that point. Stupid third down penalties. Stupid third down penalties. How many times have we seen a third and 12, third and eight, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they get a great stop, they get pressure, they get a sack, whatever, then there's a legal contact. There's a legal, there's a a, a hold, a defensive Mm -hmm. hold, hands to the face, low, uh, unsportsmanlike penalty, low into the quarterback's legs. You know, you're getting off the field on third down. Don't put your defense back in harm's way by an illegal contact penalty on the complete opposite side of the field. If you're a safety, don't hold the tight end when he's not a factor in the play. Limit the stupid third down penalties that keep you from getting off the field. Well, Kelvin Joseph is no longer here, so that's it straight. Don't put it all on Kelvin. Let's Sam, not put it Sam all on no, no, I, no, I said that's one thing. Sam Williams is a work in well, progress. <laughs> right, you know, and it will Diggs. Diggs will What'd hold. Diggs will yeah. catch. Kelvin yeah. catching strays? Yeah. 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 I don't know that language that you're talking about. <laughs> Kelvin knows that language. But yeah. no, there, there, are a number of, there are a number of players I think you could probably point to for some of those silly yeah. mistakes. Like they'll, yeah. they'll throw some of those at you and, yeah. and, and the most That's the, That times. is the one thing. Like this defense will do a great job of getting you in a bad position and then they will, they will choke you off to get off the field. But then all of a sudden it's a, it's a holding penalty, hands to the face. Uh, illegal contact. It's demoralizing. Yeah, and all of a sudden now you get back on the field, and it's you. Then they the team finds a way to get a little rhythm, and they're kicking a field goal, or it's a touchdown, and you know they're running another, putting another 12, 13 plays on your defense because you had an opportunity to get off the field and you didn't get off. And now you've gone from possibly winning the time of possession to that point to now you're suddenly losing time yeah. of possession. So these offenses will wear you down in the NFL. They will, and, and, and it, it takes a toll on you playing these games, especially early in the year. Yeah, Especially against um, the Saquon Barkley. I'm trying to come up with something other than what you guys said, and I'm having a hard time, but the only other thing that comes to mind, and this is not an area that needs to be improved, it's just an area that I see they still have a lot more potential to be better at, are takeaways. Even though last year they got a little bit over... 30-plus takeaways. Um, There's still so many instances where they get so close to the ball and their hands. Even we, I saw that happening at training camp so much, and they're just right there. And they could just take it to another level, I think, that that it's just a potential is there, and they could be even better this year. I think you make a really good point because, to me, look what happened in the San Francisco playoff game. The ball that Mm -hmm. maybe Diggs didn't see got knocked through traffic, and, you know, he's got his hands on it, and you're thinking, man, bro, you've got, you you know, you intercept 11, 12 balls, and your ball skills are some of the best in the league. You you know, you get that interception, that – that's drive over right there. Oh, I'm sure there. that haunted him. Yeah, sure and that you know that, that's just drive over or <clears throat> ball on the ground. It's they you know they tomahawk the ball in the in the pocket. And it's on the ground and some lineman falls on it. Mm-hmm. Being opportunistic, I think. Man, I'm lucky I said that word because right, I was not <laughs> too sure about it. But but that's that's where I think that you I think that's where the, you know you talk about the improvement in turnovers. If you have a chance to get four or five extra. Being in the right place, right time, or just awareness, or finish. 
You know, those are things. And it's you, not that they've been bad, but they're just so no, many no, of those but they, instances. But, but the number could be close. even higher. Yeah. The yeah. number they've could be. They've let the league, haven't mm-hmm. they? The last, last two years. years. Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. mean, it's, they've been good. They've been yeah, really they good. Have. Although they could have really. But there's certainly yeah. opportunities that yeah. they've left. I'll, I'll add one to, to that point. Um, in addition to the takeaways, let's see if we can get, you know, one or two, maybe even three more defensive touchdowns. Help help your offense out that yeah. way while your offense is trying to, you know, find its groove with McCarthy as the play caller and Schottenheimer as the no OC. Uh, see if you. <laughs> now can, you're taking it a whole no, other because, notch. And that's because where that's, I, that's, that's where I wanted but to go. That's also where they but have to go. But that's where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a whole other notch yeah. because we talked about yesterday difference between being a great defense yeah. and being yeah. a special defense. Yeah. I want them to be a special defense, and you know that's what I'm demanding from. That reminds me of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the, the year that they won the Super Bowl. The year before that, they had a really good defense, and I think it was Gruden that came in there as the head coach and what he told defensive leaders was I want this is what the reports say or some of the players have talked about it he is like you guys got to go from just being a great defense to being special and exactly. to be special what you got to do is score yeah and that defense that year if you remember back was well, special because yeah Rondé it seemed like Barber, every, yeah Ronnie yeah, Barber yeah. Uh, they, those guys whenever yeah. they got a chance they were taking not only were they getting the ball they were getting the ball and taking it back exactly. and they were scoring. And that's yeah. what made them such a special defense. Well, that's how they won the, the uh, NFC Championship. It was Ronnie yeah. Barber scoring on a, you know, that put the game away for him at the end. So, yeah. yeah, that's one way to do it. Yeah. I will say real quick, too, also, I think uh, one of the things that, that sticks out to me for this defense is I think they got to win on some of the early downs. They have to have the mentality we're going to earn the right to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think offenses, opposing offenses, are going to come into every game saying we're going to try everything in us to not put ourselves in a situation where they can pass rush uh, because their pass rush is Cowboys pass rush is special. And uh, and so I think they're going to have to be very focused. It's it's about stopping the run, but it really is more, in my opinion, about not just stopping the run, but winning first and second downs yeah. and forcing teams into those third and long situations. That will give them the opportunity to then turn loose uh, their, their superpower, which is getting after the passer. And that's going to get the turnovers because you get to the quarterback, you got, you know, fumble sacks. You've got situations where they're trying to get the ball out quick, and you got a DB that that jumps a route and gets a pick. I think that's where you really can become special. So if they can win on first and second downs, I think that'll be huge. For I them. think that comes to what you're talking about as well with with tackling. You know, when you when you're an elite defense, you have elite tackling. Like yep. like we've seen teams of really good defenses that all of a sudden ball is out, it's a completion, but it's a three yard gain because it's tackled right there, or it's a four yard gain because it's tackled right there. There's not, you know, maybe early in the season you the tackling is not as good because you haven't you're not as used to it. I mean, we you know the preseason games and all that fine, but so, keep an eye on when you're watching these games how many missed tackles there are in these mm-hmm. games that maybe lead to big plays. That's the thing that kills uh, these defenses is these chunk big plays, you know, that they give up. All right, we're going to take our first. That the Cowboys are hoping to, to take advantage of against opposition with Deuce Vaughn, yeah. Tony Pollard, yeah. you know, Brandon Cooks, these guys in space. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We'll get into our scouts notebook. Brian is going to break down the Dallas defense versus the New York Giant offense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. 
It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Rally Day is presented by SeatGeek. Give all NFL fans an experience of a lifetime. The day prior to the Dallas Cowboys home games on September 16th. Enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of AT&T Stadium and more. Visit attstadium.com slash rallydays for more information and to get your tickets today. Welcome back. Second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. (laughs) (laughs) I just looked up and saw there's Darren Waller on Good Morning Football. Cowboys are going to get a good look at him this weekend. Yeah. That's going to be an interesting one. And, Brian, we'll as we get him. ready to jump into this this conversation. Now, by, by the way, real quick, I do need to say this segment is brought to you by blockchain.com. All right, cool. Thank so, you. Brian, here we go. Let's talk about the Dallas defense versus the New York Giant offense. Yeah, it's a it's a, a offense that has really remade itself with additions. And, uh, you know, they were able to get in the playoffs. A lot of it had to do with – Feel like the coach came in from week one. If you, if you, Brian Dybul, the coach there, week one, they go for the victory in Tennessee. It kind of set the tone for the whole season for them, and especially with what they were able to do offensively. He came in, he, he limited the number of turnovers that Daniel Jones has. That's really where this team is going to focus on trying to do things to keep him uh, on schedule, keep him ahead of the chains. Uh, he's an outstanding athlete. He's going to run. He is going to, in the pocket, if you things break down, he's going to take off running for, on you. So you have to be careful about that. He's very confident in the way he's playing. They like to move the pocket uh, with him. They like the, him to throw on the, on the move more than they do actually throw within the pocket. But the additions that, that they've made, though, uh, Isaiah Hodges, uh, uh, when you look at Paris Campbell as well, and then the addition of Jalen Hyatt, the rookie from Tennessee. What they're going to do is th- th- their starters are likely going to be Hodges, Slayton, Campbell. 
and then with Shepard and and Hyatt also getting opportunities. Wandell Robinson's a little nicked up right now. The the slot player for them is going to be Paris Campbell is who that's going to be. Hyatt's the vertical player. He's the downfield threat you have to worry about, but the other guys will all be involved. Hyatt was a guy I thought initially would be a starter, and but no, he's not. Not the first time around. It's going to be Hodges, Slayton, Campbell. Again, working Paris Campbell out of the slot. Also working Paris Campbell much like what they do uh, you know, with uh, with Turpin, you're going to see, you know, maybe him in the backfield, uh, maybe him getting those reverses. They're going to, you know, they're going to try a lot of misdirection stuff on you. So you have to be uh, very mindful of that. Uh, you mentioned Darren Waller. The Giants have have had a history of outstanding tight ends. You know, it's it's a shame, it, not a shame, but Evan Ingram. It, it's funny how he goes mm-hmm. from the Giants to Jacksonville, and he's a totally different player. Well, here they add Darren Waller to the mix, and Darren Waller is a big body guy. You look at him on the field; he's physical, uh, he's tough down the field, he can extend, he's an athlete. Um, how you take care of him will be a big part of this game. Will you, you know, if you put a smaller guy on him, if you think you could put a corner on him, it's not going to work. He's just too big. I think that maybe the matchup here will be curse. Uh, and and that and the fact because you got to go with you got to go with length on length here and you got to go with a physical player against a physical player, so Darren Waller it, it, you know there's going to be a lot of boots the waggles the, the outside the pocket throws, Waller is there is his is Daniel Jones is like you know throw him the ball like much like Dak and Dalton Schultz that kind of that okay it's second third down I'm going to throw the ball to him he's going to get seven yards and then he's going to get out of bounds or he's going to get down he's going to get me a first down but Waller's that that kind of player for them Barkley running the football we all know about Saquon Barkley he's you know he's his career against the Cowboys has not been great he's you know he's struggled through injuries a lot of times he's got hurt during games but yeah they're going to try and get him the ball he could run it inside he could run it outside they like to throw the ball to him so you got to get ready for the screens anything you know anything to try and control pass rush that they're going to do they could use Saquon Barkley just to flip him the ball let him you try to tackle him in space which could be a, a, a big, big problem for you. On the offensive line, they're playing a kind of roulette right now at left guard. They don't know who their left their starter is at left guard. Uh, uh, Bredesen and Glowinski are the two guards primarily, but they, they rotate a lot of different guys. They have a rookie center that's a very good athlete, and he's good at handling some one-on-one blocks, but he does have trouble with power a little bit. And he's people have got have been able. There was when you watched him at Minnesota, University of Minnesota. Uh, he was able to kind of like reach. When I say reach, is like go to uh, you know if a, if a player is wide on him to get his body in position where he could turn back. He hasn't had as much sustain as he has in college, and maybe these NFL tackles are giving him a little bit of a problem. So keep in keep in mind what's going on inside. Roulette at guard. And then a little bit of a rookie center that's problem with his sustain. So maybe the Cowboys can win some of those battles inside. You clearly want to attack uh, Evan Neal, the right tackle, and this is where I, I think that this is where uh, Demarcus Lawrence has had some good when he's able to break down guys. Evan Neal is a guy that he could break down. He's a little bit of a slower guy. Andrew Thomas on the other side is one of the best 
right, one of the best left tackles in the league. When you start talking about that guy out there in San Francisco and others, uh, Andrew Thomas's name will get thrown into this mix right here. So they've added some players throughout just because they've added some skill with guys like, I say, uh, Hodges and then, uh, and then Campbell and Hyatt. And then they've also added Waller with the, the mainstays that they've had. They've tried to upgrade the offensive line a little bit, but there's some areas that you could definitely attack there. What I, what I love about uh, that scouting report is is all of it, but two things primarily. Um, when you talk about Jalen Hyatt and his speed and ability yeah. to go deep, him not being pegged as a starter just yet, right? It, it's that's going to be huge because I already believe that the Cowboys have the personnel to you know likely delete Jalen Hyatt, particularly as a rookie. He has that going on as well. But I love a matchup with Hodgins, Slayton, Campbell. If that's going to be your your top three out there, including your, your slot. You're talking about Gilmore, Diggs, Bland, and then yeah. Jordan Lewis in rotation. Give me the Cowboys in that matchup all day long. you got to love that if you're the Cowboys. And then going to Brian's uh, scouting report on the, the defensive uh, or the offensive line, the fact that Glowinski has strength issues and yeah. he's going to be going up against guys like Jonathan Hankins, Mozzie Smith, Chauncey Ghost, and Neville Gallimore, you got to love that, uh, that matchup for the Cowboys. And then, as Brian can attest and anyone who watches football can attest, your offensive line is really going to be only as good as the interior. Once that interior gets blown up, it doesn't matter how good your tackles are. So Evan Neal, yes, he typically gets handled no other way to put it by demarcus lawrence i believe yeah. that's going to happen but you got young guys who's who are struggling to kind of hold their ankle hold, anchor inside hold their hands jonathan hankins can feast mozzie smith can feast and you can get pressure on daniel jones which is going to help disrupt whatever plays you have for saquon barkley mm-hmm. which then puts the game on daniel jones who as we said yeah. yesterday in lab coat He just doesn't do well under duress yes he can escape but right. i also went to dig up a little bit how does Daniel Jones perform against Dan Quinn when he has to escape and he starts to use his legs? Yeah. Well, 15 attempts uh, in his three games versus Dan Quinn defense. He's averaging only 34 yards per game on the ground. None of those are wins, and he has no rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So blow up the interior of that defense, and then you got to love the matchup on the outside, receiver versus cornerbacks for the Cowboys, and the game just looks more and more like it's leaning, leaning towards Dallas. Yeah, when you look at this offensive line, it's interesting because, Brian, as you were mentioning, you know, basically it's the right side. It's from the center to the right. Yeah. Like that's where the vulnerability is. It's yeah. not just one. It's kind of like you mentioned all three of those names. Right. You mentioned the center. You mentioned the right guard. You mentioned yeah. the right tackle. Um, and, and when you're playing a, a defensive front like the Cowboys, that certainly I think should present some opportunities for them if you've got an entire side of your offensive line where there are some questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, again, all these are question marks because you never know how much of a guy has developed and gotten better since the last time you saw him on the NFL field on a regular season game. But – all that being said, right now it does look like it's it would be something uh, that could be exploited by the Cowboys. Yeah, they, the, the thing the Giants are trying to do is, and a thing you need to, like I mentioned with Daniel Jones, is they're trying to get the ball out faster because they realize that they have the problems with, you know, so there's there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of movement to this this uh this they're going to try and confuse you a little bit too the motions the slot motions the deep overs the post things they're going to try and run you down the field and like i say paris campbell is one of those guys that he's really big run after catch guy so they're going to try and get him the ball and that's like i said I'm thinking that maybe they're going to try and use him like they use like they use Turpin, where they put him in the backfield. And maybe you'll see him with in, in the backfield with they send Barkley one way, and then here comes Campbell back the other. You know, get you to kind of commit 
and then run the ball, you know, back the other way. So they're going to do everything in their in their power not to expose their offensive line. Who's that, the most dangerous of those wide receivers? You got Hodgins and Campbell and and Slayton. I think it's Campbell. Well, okay, you know, with Hyatt, it's the vertical game, right? Mm-hmm. So if you know, all of a sudden it's a we're going to max protect this thing and then take a shot. You know, I mean, there there's either catch interference or mm-hmm. incomplete you know that's kind of where things were and especially if you're in a situation i do worry about with 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 hyatt just because of his speed but the, if you watch them as players campbell is the one that they 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 like i said they want to use him in various roles where it's get him the ball and let him run mm-hmm. you know let him play in space how so, does bland match up there that's the thing with Bland. You know, the, the the thing with Bland is he's so physical mm-hmm. inside. You know, and Bland is not afraid when they run him through things. He's able to navigate. Uh, so, but Bland's a good tackler too. Mm-hmm. So if Campbell gets the ball, that's what's going to be. It's like ball to him. They're going to try and run him. Ball to him. Tackle him right there. Don't let a four yard gain be a twenty six yard gain. Yeah. Let it. You know. So. I would say that Bland, uh, you know, but he, Bland, I don't know about you guys, I felt like Bland had a really quiet camp this year. And I don't know if it was because they were trying to have Joseph play so much slot mm-hmm. that they were trying to get a look there. And they put they put Bland on the outside to kind of so maybe he wasn't always totally involved in everything. Let me just clarify. When you say a quiet camp, are you meaning he wasn't really making plays, or you mean he was getting beat? No, no. Quiet, quiet, no, quiet, just he wasn't the plays. You know, yeah. Usually with him, it's like knockdown pass, yeah, knockdown yeah, yeah. pass. I got you. You know, there were guys out there that you were seeing in practice that were knocking, you know. That were, but and the thing about, like I said, I love Bland. I, I think there's a lot of guys out on the West Coast. He goes to Fresno, and there's a lot of those Pac-12 coaches that are going, why did we, what do we, how do we miss this guy? Yeah. You know, I mean, the way he plays and all that. I, th- I think he had a, he still had a solid camp with, it wasn't like flashy. Yeah. You know, it you, wasn't, he wasn't making headlines or anything, but yeah. he was pretty solid. And I think, all of our yeah, I, I do, like I said, I do believe it's because of where they played him. Yeah. I think on the outside, where he plays, when he plays inside, Usually that's where the ball, you know, you, the offense is focused on getting the ball to their slot a lot because it's just you have the whole field to cover. And he, he can clearly cover the whole field. I think it was a combination of what well, both of you guys were saying. Um, number one, he it wasn't as flashy, but you could say that contextually because it was Trevon Diggs' camp as far as the cornerback is concerned and Stephon Gilmore's camp yeah. as far as the cornerback is concerned. And that's where all eyes typically yeah. were. It was Stephon or it was Trayvon. Where's Trey? Where's Stephon? Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and to – you know, Brian's point, because they were trying to get the Cowboys were trying to get Kelvin Joseph so many reps in the slot, you did see Deron Bland doing a lot of outside work. So there was a little bit of a, a curve there for him to adjust to playing on the outside, but he made his fair share of plays as well, past breakups, couple of interceptions. So definitely, you know, uh Looking to take that next step, I've seen that he's ready to take the next step, and he's going to fall back into the nickel road now. You know, yeah. now that we're in um, into the regular season, and that's where he thrives, and that's where he thrived last year and led the team in interceptions. Yeah. So he he can definitely and like Brian said, and one hundred percent agree, he is arguably the most physical cornerback that you have on the team right now. I mean, he loves he does. It's just not he. It's just not Deron not shying away from contact at the line of scrimmage. He wants to put his hands on that receiver, disrupt the route at the line of scrimmage. So if you can disrupt, you know, a guy like Campbell's route, right? Mess up his timing. That's goal number one. Goal number two. If you fail on goal number one, like he said, delete the yak. If you delete the yak, you yeah. more or less started to neutralize one of their bigger playmakers after the after the. Be interesting how Lewis fits in the game plan this yep. week too. 
you know, because if things, if, you know, if things are, you know, that's the great thing. If something goes where you have to, where it's an injury or somebody's not playing well, a couple snaps, you can, you can put Lewis in the game and kind of work around that in the slot. And Giants may even force you into that. If they're going to bring all four of those receivers on the field yeah. and get into a dime type situation, oh, yeah. maybe it creates that opportunity. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I talked to Jordan yesterday in the locker room. And, and like I said, he not only said they're throwing him into the fire, which were his words. Uh, I asked him, I said, is there any soreness? How do you feel physically? Yeah. And he was like, no soreness. I feel great. I said, okay, so how do you feel mentally? Because he said um, a couple weeks ago, it was about feeling football again. I said, no, you're lining up against guys, and these are the best guys in the league, Cooks, Lamb. And he said the muscle memory is starting to come back. The confidence is is quickly regaining itself, and he start, that dog is starting to return. And uh, I said, so the trash talking? He was like, oh, it's it's back. <laughs> okay, Jordan Lewis is talking trash again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good sign. All right, we're going to take our final break. We will come back. i got a question for these guys. We'll have a couple questions, actually, on this matchup. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Okay. Do you eat, sleep, breathe Dallas Cowboys football? Tell us how you spiced up the game for a chance to be named 2023 Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win exclusive prizes plus a trip to Super Bowl 58. Nominate yourself or another today at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. Final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. (laughs) I am not hungover, okay? I barely, I don't even drink alcohol, okay? I'm, I don't. Oh, I no. just, huh. you know. We hear you, Mariah. Okay. It's okay. 
It's okay. Like alcohol is not good for you. It's not. It's not. Until it is. Especially if you do. <laughs> no. The mortal words of Shaggy. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I did have something to say though. Oh. Um, when you were talking yeah. about the uh, pass rushers, yeah, for the Cowboys going up against them, something came to mind in the early mention of penalties. And getting flags and all that, I started thinking. I like, meant. I think. I do think this is a game where the pass rushers can be pretty successful going up against the Giants. But it com- it came to mind. Can this be a game where now they they start getting penalties because they're going going back to training camp? Let me just paint the picture. You know, you can't freaking tackle Dak. You can't hit the quarterback or anything. So you're restraining yourself. You get into the first week of the season. These are very talented guys that we have on defense uh, rushing the passer. And now they're going full out, going out, going at it with all their power. And now with the NFL rules, every time like, oh, gotta don't even look at the quarterback (laughs) too much because that's a flag right there. So you just, I don't know, maybe... It's just me that I'm painting this whole picture of like our guys just freaking attacking them and then a, a ref just throwing a flag every time because you hurt touched the quarterback a little bit. Well, you just got to know how to maintain your self-discipline, know how to, you know, play through the play without giving that extra that puts you in position where you can be targeted by the uh by the officials and, and getting those flags thrown. So, yeah, I mean, these guys are ready to go out here and, and really hit and really knock some guys around. But um, it's been a while. For it's them. been a while. But I will say, I mean, when you talk about guys like Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, these are not guys that are typically penalized heavily. So when you look at it from that aspect, I know Sam Williams is trying to, you know, kind of rein that in. But outside of Sam Williams working to rein that in, the Cowboys pass rush uh, isn't notorious for getting those roughing the passer penalties and those unsportsmanlike, uh, but even with like Micah last, I think it was, it might have been last year, maybe. I mean, but no I one, remember no, yeah, no there's immune. always like some or there yeah, no have been it's those just, situations where it's like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. And, and he still gets a. <laughs> but it's these are veteran guys. I get it, and yeah. it, you know they they know what to do and how to do it and all that. But still, those are some things that sometimes are out of your control. The official this week in the game is Adrian Hill. And I need to go and look at Adrian Hill's background as far as what we saw last year with well he does he protect quarterbacks? Does he let the game go? Does his team does his crew call a lot of uh, uh, roughing penalties? Do they call holding penalties and stuff like that? I need to figure that out. But uh, like I say, it's 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 a different official from what you think for a a nationally televised game. Usually you'll catch a Sean Hockley or somebody like that, mm-hmm. but Adrian Hill is going to get an opportunity to, and so we need to study him, and maybe on Friday tomorrow I'll have a, a better idea where that penalty group will go with that, this crew. Real quick before we end the show, this is uh, one question I want to throw to you guys. We asked a similar, a similar question yesterday where I had you rank offensive players from least to most important for this week's win I want to do the same thing for the defense and I have four players I'm going to throw to you I did not purposefully include Micah Parsons yeah because I think that would easily be the not the top player for all of us but going from least to most integral to the Cowboys defense being successful this weekend rank these four Demarcus Lawrence Jonathan Hankins Leighton Vander Esch Stefan Gilmore I'm going to go with – let me make sure I got it right. So Lawrence, Lawrence Hankins, Hankins, LVE, LVE Gilmore. Gilmore. 
Mm, that's a good one. Let me get LVE um, as as my top. I'm going to go LVE, Hankins. God, you're good at this. <laughs> LVE, Hankins, and let's say Tank and then Gilmore. Um, reasoning being, LVE, when you talk about trying to stop Saquon Barkley, you better have linebackers that can cover sideline to sideline. Yeah. That bottom line. Period. Um, and you don't really need much more explanation than that because if LVE and Damone Clark, if they can cover sideline to sideline and keep uh, Saquon Barkley at or behind the line of scrimmage to let the other dogs eat, then that's a that's a huge win because, again, that puts the game on Daniel Jones and then that allows Gilmore Diggs, the secondary, to do what they do. Um, but keeping with Saquon Barkley because, again, for me, that's the number one threat. Hankins, that interior run defense, right? If if Brian Dabo determines that he's not having success in the flats and sideline to sideline, beating the Cowboys off the edge because LVE has stepped up and he's really playing that game, then he's going to try to run Saquon up the A and the B gap. Okay, Will Hankins. If you have a, a phenomenal game, that deletes that as well. Goes to Mozzie Smith as well and anyone else that lines up at that one-tech uh, role. Then it goes to Tank. Now we're talking about the pass rush. Now that we've eliminated, hopefully, Saquon Barkley with your linebackers and your interior run defense, now you get to tee off on the edges. Demarcus Lawrence, because we can't talk about Michael Parsons. Derek said we can't. So uh, <laughs> the edge, you got Tank teeing off against Evan Neal. He's already shown he can dismantle that guy. He gets in the backfield, makes a long day for uh, for Daniel Jones. And then when Daniel Jones, if he's not taken to the ground, if he does escape and he's keeping his eyes downfield, he wants to make a play downfield, now he has to go, has to go up against Diggs, Gilmore, that combo, Deron Bland, Jordan Lewis. So that's how my ranking shakes out. And damn, you're really good at this. So I like that. It's smooth. <laughs> Van, Der Esch, Van Der Esch, Gilmore, Hankins, Lawrence for me. Why is that? Uh, because I feel like, though, you're, I think Patrick's right about LBE. He has to find a way to play sideline to sidelines in this in this game. Uh, you know, and I, I think Gilmore on the outside. We'll see if they want to attack. If they don't go at Diggs, who will they go at? These receivers. They feel like that they can make some plays down the field. I feel like you got to be able to cover that way. Hankins is a guy, like I say, that could clog up things going inside. You know, and help also LBE with the running game. That, to me, it's is. As much as I love Lawrence on the edge rush, and I think there's other options to rush as well. So I'm going to put the rush. I think the rush is going to fall on some other guys. Uh, the the run stopping going to fall on Hankins and LVE. And but most importantly, they're going to need to cover. I think the Giants are going to try and throw the football in this game. And uh, even though the Cowboys pass rush is good, so I think that's on Gilmore to make some coverage. Okay. I think a lot of these are they're very interchangeable. But if I had to look at one specific guy, and I agree with you guys as far as everything you said about Layton, just because you look at everybody else and you feel like it, imagine if one single player was out. I think the one area, because of the lack of depth behind it, it would have to be Leighton Vanderesh. And everybody else, you still have talent. And, I mean, Gilmore, you need him. But I think if you're taking up care of business up front, that should help um, for what's happening with the defensive backs. So, But, yeah, everything you guys said, retweet, repost, I'm share. Kind of- Kind of interested that, that you guys didn't put Hankins first. And the reason why I would have put Hankins first is similar to what you guys were saying with regards to the run defense. Yes, I need Leighton Vanderesh to cover the field, sideline to sideline. I think that's 
infinitely easier when you got a defensive tackle that keeps that those offensive linemen off of you to allow yeah. you to run sideline to sideline. So I think Leighton Vander Esch's ability to play this game really well will depend on how much can this defensive front keep those guys from getting to the second level. Demarcus Lawrence's game as a run defender might be more important than his, than his pass rush. That's a really good point. Very true. That's because really if, if you get Hankins if you get Hankins going holding blocks and especially against the inside guys that are having problems blocking him, I think that's a that's a good matchup for the Cowboys. Yeah. Van Der Esch on the run, if and then you've got Lawrence playing on the run too. Yeah. You know, and and I think that the the Giants are going to try and run the ball on the edges. It, I think that's that and point. you know they're yeah. going to make they're going to see who is going to play right defensive end. There's going to be a lot of left-handed runs for the Giants. They are going to test whoever your right end is, and they're going to see where, in fact, where uh, Diggs is as far as how physical he wants to play in this game. People have had some success running the ball to the Cowboys' right and the uh, the offense's left. So we'll see how that all holds up. Also my thought process, and that's why I had Hankins as my number two behind LVE, and it's because I – I'm confident in in feeling that Debo is going to try to run Barkley off the edges and put him in space out in the flats yeah. first. That's he's going to test the linebackers early to see if they can cover in right, space. But their before. ability to do that is going to be also about can those defensive tackles keep them off the second level. What we know about Leighton Vander Esch is Leighton Vander Esch will play really great football if he's not always having one of those offensive linemen on him. Dallas right? Dallas get, should win inside. Yeah, if Dallas you, if should you can win keep inside him, in I think he yeah. Come, yeah. him yeah. and Damone yeah. become much way. better linebackers. Yeah. By the way, you can probably go across the entire league. Linebackers are better linebackers when they don't have offensive linemen in their face. No yeah. question. And so sure. if you've got a better defensive tackle in front of you, you're going to be better as a, as a linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's just the, the the thought process of opportunities, right? Who's going to be attacked early? And more often, and I think that based on their scheme, the New York Giants scheme, they're going to attack the linebackers early, early and more often than they would give Hankins an opportunity to be dominant in the game early. So that's why I have LVE over Hankins because obviously both are important for those reasons. But my scale slides more towards the linebackers simply because I feel like before they test Hankins, they're going to test the linebackers in LVE, and they're going to do that more frequently before they. If LVE can, you know, continue to play well, then they'll say, "Okay, well, we're not really winning on these edges. Let's at least try the inside." And that's when they run up against. If him. you listed Curse, I would have put him second yeah, because I, of because of what Waller's going to do. I agree with you on yeah. that. I, after as I was reading the, yeah. the question, I thought to myself, "I should have thrown Curse because uh, uh, Curse would have been even better." Because I agree with you. I may have even worked on it for first. tomorrow. Yeah, I know. Tomorrow. I, I may have even <laughs> made Curse first <laughs> if I would have had him in there, but that was my miss. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll wrap this whole thing up. Let you guys know what we think going to happen this weekend. Until then, for Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?